Welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. Imagine uh, you two has just made an announcement. They're splitting up. And to celebrate their long careers, they're going to do one last farewell concert for one night only. It is destined to be one of the greatest live musical performances of all time. A popular radio DJ gets five free tickets with backstage passage. And so the DJ decides to do a big giveaway on the air. The 100th caller will win all five tickets. But the phones don't light up. Not one person calls. They extend the deadline another hour. Nothing. Not one phone call. In complete disbelief, the DJ slams the phone down, takes, takes the elevator down to the bottom floor of the building, walks out onto the city street, and there, sitting in front of him, are five homeless people. He says, hey, folks, I'd like to invite you to an all-inclusive night at the arena across the street. It is U2's final concert. I've got five tickets with backstage passes and all-you-can-eat buffet. You guys interested? Jesus loved to show snapshots of what the kingdom of God looked like and what the God of the kingdom looked like. He did it in pictures called parables. And parables are little stories that answer big questions. Listening to these magnificent stories that Jesus told left his audience spellbound because most of them had a kind of a shocking conclusion. Jesus told a parable that gives one of the most amazing pictures of who gets into God's kingdom and who doesn't that has ever been told. This story all revolves around an invitation to a meal. Now, this may surprise you, but meals and food are very important in the Bible. Words like feast or meals or dining, eating are used over 180 times in the Bible. One of Jesus' favorite pastimes was to eat both with his friends and his foes. Now, this parable that we're going to look at, it's revolving around a meal, a meal that Jesus was having with Pharisees. Luke chapter 14 and verse 1. One Sabbath, when he went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching him carefully. It was a Sabbath day. Jesus had been invited to eat at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees. They were all watching very carefully. Now, they weren't watching what he was eating or how he was eating. They didn't care so much about his dietary habits. As always, they were trying to catch him in a trap and try to get him involved in a debate that he could not win. The tension was so thick that you could cut it with a knife. And to break the tension, one of the men spoke up. Verse 15. When one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, 
Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Now, this man was not just making a statement. He was making an assumption. He was saying that he and all of his buddies would surely have a place at God's table. They would be eating bread with the God of the kingdom and in the kingdom of God. To quote a famous philosopher, Jesus said, uh, not so fast, my friend. He tells a parable that turns everything upside down. You see, what the Pharisees had failed to realize was the kingdom of God was not something that they were to be looking for tomorrow. It was something that was there today in the person and the presence of Jesus. Jesus had invited them to follow him. He had invited them to fellowship with him. Feeling they were already in, you know, feeling that they were good enough on their own, feeling that they had earned their spot in the kingdom, they turned down his invitation. Verse 16. But he said to him, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. Now, as you will see, the host in this parable is Jesus. God sent his son Jesus to this earth to invite everyone to be part of his kingdom and to invite everyone to have a seat at his table. It is important to note that Jesus compares his kingdom to a feast. Now, when you think about a feast and, and food and fellowship, you think about a party. You think about having a good time. You think about living it up. It breaks my heart to hear people reject Christianity because of what they think they have to give up. You see, sadly, we've done a poor job of showing people the joy and the happiness that comes from being a part of God's kingdom. We've shot ourselves in the foot. We've majored in the minors. And too often, Christians are known for what they are against rather than what they are for. Jesus and joy always go together. And they always stay together. You see, we've all been invited to God's table. The meal has been prepared. It's hot and ready to eat. Everything is ready and the doors are open. Verse 17. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. In the Middle East, there were actually two invitations that were sent out for a banquet there was an invitation that would be sent out far enough ahead of the banquet so that people could put it in their calendar. They would know the day of the banquet, but they would not necessarily know the exact hour. So these invitations were sent with an RSVP. Everybody would let the host know whether or not they were coming. That way the host would know, you know, how much meat to cook and how much bread to bake, how much wine to serve. Then just before the feast was to begin, the host would send out his servants to give the second invitation 
to tell the folks that the banquet was ready and it was time for them to come. Verse 17 actually records the second invitation. The first invitation had already been given. The guests had already agreed to come. Now they were simply drop whatever it is that they were doing and then take their place at the table. Now, you may think that they had an excuse because maybe they weren't prepared for the time of the banquet, but the problem is that unlike the Greeks who usually ate three meals during the day and the Romans who usually ate four, Jews only ate two meals. The first was a late breakfast, you know, around 10 in the morning. And the second meal usually eaten in the evening where when there was no longer, you know, any light for them to work. In fact, the term banquet is frequently translated as supper. Everybody in the parable knew that a banquet was usually given at night. They knew that somewhere around sundown on that day, they were expected to be at the feast. Now, I want you to understand that you have been invited to the table. Now, when did this invitation go out? Well, 2,000 years ago at the cross of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ died on the cross and came back from the grave, he paid for our ticket to the banquet. He paid to have your name and my name put on that chair at that table. You have received an RSVP to be part of God's family and have a place at God's table. It has been engraved with the gold of God's grace and has been signed in the blood of his own son. Now you have heard God's invitation. You see, the next part of the story is just almost unbelievable. The door is open. The host is waiting. The silverware and the china are in exactly their correct place. The bowls, the dishes are filled to overflowing with meats and vegetables and fruits. The goblets are filled with wine. The host is scanning the horizon, looking for his guests, but no one shows up. Why? Verse 18. But they all alike began to make excuses. Every one of those people used different lyrics, but it's still the same tune. They were all singing the same song. Now, two things are amazing to me here. First of all, that any excuse would be given to miss this banquet. And secondly, how flimsy these excuses are. I mean, there's just nothing funnier than the way people make excuses for their actions. Listen to how flimsy these excuses are. Verse 18. The first said to him, I have bought a field and must go out and see it. So here is a man who claimed to have bought some property, yet he hadn't investigated it. Nobody buys property that is unseen. To buy or sell real good cropland 
was a long, exacting process that would stretch over months and sometimes even years because the farmer had to learn everything he could about this land well, to make sure that he could make money off of it. Besides, the property wasn't going to get up and walk away. It was already sundown. It was too late to examine the property anyway. No, the reason why this person didn't come to the banquet is simply because they didn't want to. Excuse number two, verse 19. I have bought five oak of oxen and go to examine them. So now here, this was a farmer who had bought five yoke of oxen. Now normally, one man could only work one yoke. But this man had bought five. This was not a small-time farmer. This was a big-time rancher. He probably owned, you know, a hundred acres of land. Again, oxen were vital to farming. You simply could not afford to buy oxen that either were lame or could not work together. No rancher would buy such valuable animals without looking at them. You may not look a gift horse in the mouth, but you will if you have to buy it. This man didn't go to the banquet because he didn't want to go. Excuse number three, verse 20. I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. Uh, talk about a flimsy excuse. Even though it appears that the man had recently got married, he wasn't going to be gone for very long. I mean, there would be plenty of time to go back and see his wife. He also didn't go to the banquet because he didn't want to go to the banquet. So what's the point? Why does Jesus even list these excuses to begin with? Well, because an excuse to God is just an abuse of God. There's no valid reason. There's no legitimate excuse why you should reject God's invitation to be part of his family or to have a place at his table. I mean, it is both a disgrace and a dishonor to the God that loved us so much, the God who sent his son to die for us, that we dare reject his gracious invitation. In fact, did you know that in such cases as these, the host... The host had a right to sue and take legal action against these guests who have attacked his personal honor in public. He had every right to go throughout the community and shame them publicly, humiliate them. And even if he wanted to press charges to be reimbursed for the banquet. Now, what happens next is even more shocking. Luke 14, 21. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. The host is obviously a very rich man, but when the up and out said, no, we don't want to come. He says, well, let's go to the down and out. Now, this time, 
there was not a unanimous no, but a unanimous yes, verse 22. And the servant said, Sir, what you commanded has been done, and still there is room. You see, these people offered no excuses, not one, not one reason. They didn't have any excuses. They were poor. They couldn't buy oxen and they were blind. They could not examine the land and crippled and lame and they weren't married because normally no one would want to marry them. But even if they could have made an excuse, they would not have. Do you know why? Can you imagine how thrilled, how honored they were to receive this invitation? Many times these people had walked by this man's mansion, had admired his gardens, had admired his vineyards, had admired the beautiful house he lived in, never thinking they would ever get a chance to sit at his table. They, they couldn't say yes fast enough. And there is still more food than these people can eat. There are still more seats at the table. Now notice what the master does now. Verse 23. And the master said to the servant, go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. Remember, we are in every parable. Who do you think the servants are in this parable? It's us. We have a command to go out into the highways and the hedges and to give everyone a chance to hear the invitation, to honor the invitation, to heed the invitation to God's table. The highways represent cities. The hedges represent the countryside. It was the host way of saying, you go everywhere. Go to everybody. Go to the up and out. Go to the down and out. Go to the all and out. You invite them all to my table. You know, I said that an excuse to God is an abuse of God. Do you know what is just as great an abuse as an excuse? It is to refuse to even extend God's invitations to others. I want to ask you, this week, I want to ask you to go out in your highways or hedges and extend an invitation. Let me give you some ideas. You could invite an unchurched neighbor, uh, an associate at work, a friend. Invite them to your church. You can invite some unchurched neighbor over to your house uh, for a meal. Right? Just to begin a relationship with them where you could put yourself into an, ex an invitation-extending position. You could get a home group together, several home groups together, and throw a party, rent a space, open up someone's house, invite some unchurched neighbors in, just, to, just for them to see what it's like to fellowship with followers of Christ. Or it could be something as simple as walking across the street to someone who has either lost a loved one or is having marital difficulties or just going through a tough time 
and invite them to God's table. We've all been given a far greater invitation to sit at the table of the creator of the universe, the King of kings and Lord of lords, to enjoy his presence forever. And before you decide how you're going to respond to that invitation, just remember, there are no excuses to say no. Let's pray. Our gracious God, our loving Heavenly Father, thank you for your generosity in that you have extended through the life and death and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, an invitation to each and every one of us to be part of your family and to take part in that celestial banquet that you are preparing. Father, I pray that those that are within the reach of my voice that have heard this invitation may say yes and they may go out to the highways and the hedges and share that invitation with others so all of your children may one day gather and feast and celebrate your goodness. Thank you for loving us. Bless each and every viewer, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've come to that time in our program where we have our special offer. On each and every program, we like to offer a book, a magazine, some resource to help you and every one of us as we navigate on this spiritual journey to God's kingdom. And so um, we go out and we source different resources. We do our best to get good stuff and, and uh, stuff that we think will, uh, will help you. Uh, we run out sometimes, and so, you know, if over the last number of programs you have requested a, a, an offer and it hasn't come, just send us another email. You can email me directly at bill at l4ltv.com and just tell me what the offer is, and we'll do our best to get that offer out to you. Sometimes the offers are on back order. Sometimes they become discontinued, and... So if we can't get you the exact one that you requested, we'll do our best to get you a comparable one, okay? So if you haven't received it and you're looking, you're waiting for that, just email. Sometimes it just, if it falls through the cracks and sometimes it might get lost in the mail, just send me an email, bill at l4ltv.com. On this program, we have an offer. We've, we've, we've offered this book before, but it's a wonderful book. It's called The Story of Hope. A glimpse into a time when suffering will be no more. We're all looking forward to that time, aren't we? We'd love to send you this little book as a gift from Lessons for Living Television. No cost whatsoever to you. No obligation on your part whatsoever. The book will arrive in your home by mail, postage paid. You will never receive an invoice for it. If you're interested in requesting this book, Story of Hope, Pay close attention to the information we're about to provide you. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G, 0A3.
That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlin Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you could order this offer by calling our 1-800 number at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Let me thank you for joining us. We really appreciate you being with us here every week. Um, would you help us in letting your friends and family know about the program also so that they can tune in? And one of the ways you can communicate about our program to them and encourage them is by referring them to our website, l4ltv.com. So on the website, uh, a number of things there. You have access to every program we've ever aired. They're all there. Uh, you will know what the upcoming program is. There's a tab for live appearances where I'll be appearing live. There is a section we call it Archived Sermons. It's different messages that I've delivered oh, all in various places in live formats uh, where we tackle some perplexing questions like why do bad things happen to good people? What happens to us when we die? Can we know when the world will come to an end? And so I would encourage you, if you have those questions, to check out those presentations. And then you'll see there's a tab there where you can download a study guide that can go along with the message. And you can use that to just further your, your knowledge of that particular topic. There's also a tab that is the Donate Today tab. And you can make a donation. We are a charitable organization. Every dollar that is donated, we will give you a, a, a receipt for income tax purposes. Um, I draw no salary from this program. Every dollar that comes in is used to pay for the studio time that we're in the studio right now, uh, pay for the gifts we send out, uh, pay for the airtime where you're watching. Not a penny of that comes to myself or my family it all gets reinvested back into the, the ministry. So if you feel the Holy Spirit has impressed upon you to, to make a donation, uh, we would certainly appreciate that and we would thank you uh, of that. Let me just remind you some of our social media presence. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Santos underscore Bill. Every morning, 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time, I put out a one-minute devotional video Many people tell me that's the way they get their day started, you know, thinking of things of heaven. So you can follow me on uh, Instagram. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. This way you'll know whenever our pro a new program is added, you'll be notified. You can subscribe to our SoundCloud page and download audio versions of the program. You can like our Facebook page. You can follow me on Twitter. So those are just some of the ways that we can stay connected in between broadcasts. Just before we go, though, I want to draw your attention to one more website, which is a very important part of our ministry, which is our MissionNowCanada.com website. MissionNowCanada is the branch of our ministry that deals with overseas humanitarian work. And so check out the website. You're going to see where uh, we plan to go and when our next overseas mission trip. Maybe you can join us or maybe you can make a donation to support one of those projects. Well, we are rapidly running out of time, but we cannot leave 
without wishing each and every one of you and your family a happy new year. From all of us here at Lessons for Living Television to you and your loved ones, God bless you. Have a happy 2022, and we look forward to seeing you back here again next time. God bless you. We'll see you then.